Connected mobility has the potential to create a greener and safer network for vehicles, infrastructure, and people. What will the world look like when our vehicles know us better than our friends and family? I'm Tom Kelly, Executive Director and CEO of Automation Alley, and this is Factory Reboot, a podcast dedicated to Industry 4.0 and how smart technologies are reshaping the world. Today, I'm joined by Elena Farnsworth, the CEO and founder of The Next Education. Elena's talent for communicating technical concepts allows her to empower innovative people to change their possibilities in a connected world. Today, her mission is to fill the skills gaps for technicians, installers, and those who will work hands-on in our rapidly changing transportation and intelligent infrastructure. Thanks for joining us, Elena. Oh, gosh, thank you for having me. So tell us about the next education and your mission. Who do you serve? What makes your organization unique? Yeah, well, there's several things that we like to pride ourselves on. The first being is the space of mobility. Because mm-hmm. mobility is so rapidly evolving, it's really difficult for the industry itself to keep up with not only the hiring needs, but also the education around that. So the next education is just that. We take that next level of perspective to people that want to become educated in autonomous vehicle, smart cities, intelligent transportation, and then the cyber around that. Um, Part of that is that we did a study several years back and the majority of the folks that were working in intelligent transportation would get their education from trade shows. And we realized Mm. very quickly that that was not a structured learning path. So we work with individuals and companies that want to upskill their people either in a highly technical field like installers or a highly engineering-based field like mechanical engineers so that they can get that next level of education they need to succeed in this space of autonomy and intelligent transportation. Terrific. So so as these new jobs emerge uh, and, and the, the need for workers to support them becomes evident and great, tell us about some of the trends you're seeing arise in this job market. Um, you know, specifically, what are some job categories in the mobility sector? Sure. So I'm going to state the obvious, and then I'm going to work down from there. (laughs) It may not be obvious to everybody. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. That's why we do these. when you think about as technology evolves, you know that someone has to build it. Mm -hmm. Traditionally, that building has rest on the shoulders of engineers. So a lot of folks will think of autonomy as automotive engineers, and it certainly is that. There's a high level of mechanical aptitude that is needed to be able to build and plan these vehicles. But some of the less obvious are those that are working in an electrical engineering capacity, Mm -hmm. that are working in a software capacity, which is not only just developing the algorithms, but also artificial intelligence, as well as cybersecurity. And then I'm going to go to that even further down, which is we don't really consider what happens when these become reality. When we start seeing the evolution of intelligent transportation, we need folks that can install the sensors properly, that can ground and hands-on maintain the sensors that are there, either in the vehicle or in the stoplights. Excellent. And those are the type of jobs that we're beginning to see emerge. So you just mentioned some skills that, that people are going to need to master to stay relevant in this, in this new labor economy as it relates to mobility. What are some other skills we should be paying attention to, especially our, our audience who's thinking about maybe different career paths that this opens up? Yes. I like to tell people if you're interested in this industry, don't give up 
ever because there are so many jobs that are coming to fruition around this. I believe uh, there was a study put out last year that said there'll be 9.5 million jobs by the year 2022 in this field. Now think about how Amazing. many jobs that is. That is a How lot. in the world are we going to fill them all? That's right. The this pr- is crazy. Mm-hmm. The problem we have is a lot of times because the industry is so new and because it moves so quickly, there's not a a standard nomenclature or naming for the jobs that are out there. So one job may be called several things. If you want to work with your hands, for instance, start looking into Department of Transportations and look into technician level positions where maybe, again, you've done some surveying, you have a civil engineering capability, or you just have that hands-on aptitude. There will be installers that are necessary. There will also be configuration specialists, so if you have an aptitude to computers, as opposed to only building and engineering vehicles, you could also look at the intelligent transportation side of things where you could configure the data to be able to flow to a traffic management center, for instance. And then as we get into another side, not only just intelligent transportation, but specifically to automated and autonomous vehicles, there's an entire world of sensor technology, software, and cyber that are really a necessary skill people are looking for today. So you just gave me a lot of buzzwords yeah, that's right, right at the end there. <laughs> and and this is this is the problem with people that are in skilled trades or, or, or want to work with their hands, as you said. As companies become more automated, as cars become more automated, how do these workers not feel fearful, disconnected, not a part of the future because they, they, they don't understand the jargon? How do you bridge that and make them feel like, yeah, I'm totally capable of, of participating in this future? So that's one of our specialties. And then I'll talk about why and how we do this. We bring subject matter experts into the classroom. So these People aren't just 100% employed by us all the time. Many times, and most of the time, they are working in the field. So we bring the instructors that can say, oh, this isn't the theory, but by the way, last week I just did an installation, and it says it works this way in the books, but it actually doesn't, and this is what happened. So we bring that real-world experience and that personal relationship with instructors and subject matter experts to the, the students. One of the things that I, I really want to explain to your users and, and, and to everyone here is that we are going to have to change our mindset. It's, not, it's no longer release and forget. We are going to have to continue to remember, continue to educate ourselves, and continue to have lifelong learning in the future. Because today, the thing that is most relevant in the industry is going to change tomorrow. And so to continue to keep your eye on upskilling. Now, you don't have to go back and get four-year degrees every time that things change. For instance, if, if you have a foundation in software, cyber is a tremendous, tremendous skill set that people are looking for out there. There's so many jobs that are available. You would need to get a certification, for instance, as opposed to a master's degree in cyber. You could get a credential from either a community college or a university or, of course, us. But those are the type of things as an individual looking to get into the market that you need to understand. What is your skill set? How can you upskill yourself in order to be relevant today? And then be prepared to take two hours, three hours, four hours of continuing education as you grow so that you can get the next best job as it comes to light. 
Right. So, so, so let me shift gears on you just a second. And so, so as we talked about what is happening with the worker specifically and, and, and how you empower yourself to sort of move into this new, new economy and new opportunities, what about cities themselves? Um, cities are getting smarter. How do cities and public-private partnerships, um, what do they need to do to build these strong alliances with high-tech firms, with businesses that are, that are moving into this space? Well, I like to say we need to make the public-private partnership work better. We really have never seen a time where this is more important because as we begin to take data from vehicles and as we begin to connect the ecosystem, there will be participants from both sides. Mm -hmm. And with equal contribution, we can make it work. Without it, it's going to be a long process that is going to take too long and it's not going to be effective or efficient. Now, with that, we also have to have some value and compromise between the two. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of times I tell cities, because we work with them there uh, every day, and I say to them, it's likely a very good investment for you to take the workers that you have today and then to assess where they could be the most helpful in the organization by working with companies. So as opposed to going out and everybody fighting over the same talent because the pool is so small, what we need to do is organically grow the pool that we have today, invest in upskilling them. So if you have someone that's been in transportation for 25 years, the likelihood that they're gonna go back and get a four-year degree in this autonomous PhD, mm -hmm. one, it doesn't exist or, it, or it's not it's not going to be beneficial. They're not going to do that. So as opposed to that, put them in the courses that will allow them to have meaningful conversations with the engineers so that they're not rolling their eyes at one another. They have a right. foundation to start the discussion. And I have seen more beneficial public-private partnerships occur in classes than ever before because you will have a city planner sitting right next to the database administrator, sitting right next to the engineers, and they're learning this, the, the terminologies that are necessary to have an effective conversation. And then as they work through problems together, they realize they don't have to be scared or intimidated by one another, that if they're talking the same language, they can be effective. What a great conversation. This, yeah. is, this is fascinating, listening to, to you, Elena, and talk about what's coming, how we participate, uh, guys, get moving, and gals, we we got a lot of work to do. And if you really believe 9.5 million jobs are going to oh, get I'll created, yes. we are in for quite a ride, mm -hmm. and we need all hands on deck. So um, I want to thank you for joining us, Elena. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to Factory Reboot on SoundCloud, iTunes, or at automationally.com forward slash factory reboot, and we'll see you on the next one.